afternoon. Welcome to another lecture presented by the Syracuse class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of the eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in 1958. And since then we have established branch schools throughout the United States and other parts of the world. The Syracuse branch was established in 1969. And at this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Syracuse branch, Dr. Patrick Trevison. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted with the title Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted with the title God. And the name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. This has been erroneously substituted with Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. And we now know each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it's an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language contain any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. And neither was there a J in the English language until some 1400 years after the death of Messiah. Therefore, making such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and the Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Now, Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all the way around the edges of the chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. And in like manner, everything in the universe abides within this pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, takes on shape and takes on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, the self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. 
So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of our savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of his name and title can be had by reading our prophets to a holy name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The tabernacle pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments making up the one tabernacle pattern. And in this school, we show proof how the everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. In this school, we have 10 primary constitutional aims or objectives. They are as follows. First is to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature, the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures compared to religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn and know and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua Messiah. Tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the newer state. Our watcher is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. I'd like to have this evening's meeting dedicated with a prayer uh, by, uh, how about, let's try Dr. Sean Hudgenwartle. I have a prayer by Dr. Sean Hudgenwartle from the Ontario, Ontario class. Ontario class. Mm-hmm. That'll be followed by a scripture reading, which is Ephesians, the first chapter. That'll be read this evening by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. And our scripture readers this evening are Dr. Deb Kometi, Syracuse class, and Dr. Linda Volpe, Oceanside class. Good evening. Good evening, John. Let's take a moment to bow our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father Yahweh, We pray that whatever is said from the speakers today edifies the body of Yahshua the Messiah in truth, furthering the understanding of your eternal purpose, pattern, and plan that you've drawn out 
for us to see throughout this creation. All these things and more in the name of your only begotten son, Yahshua the Messiah, let us all say hallelujah. Good evening, class. Tonight I'll be reading Ephesians, the first chapter from the Holy Name Bible, critically um, compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, uh, revised by A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association in College Park, Maryland. Ephesians, the first chapter. Saul. Pardon me? Saul, an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah, by the will of Yahweh, to the sons which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in the Messiah, Yahshua. Grace be to you and peace from Yahweh our Father and from the Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Blessed be Yahweh, the Father of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in the Messiah. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in the Messiah, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Savior Yahshua and love unto all the sons, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the L of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sons. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in the Messiah, which he raised when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the assembly, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Ephesians, the first chapter. Thank you very much, Dr. Geller. And thank you, Dr. Hudgen Wardle. And for our first speaker this evening, I'd like to introduce from Oceanside class, Dr. David Frankowski. Good evening, can you hear me? Yep, sure can. It's a pleasure to be here. And the scripture reading is a very good one this evening. Um, it has a lot in it, and I'll try to uh, bring some of it out and set a foundation for the rest of the class. So if whoever can start reading, please. Ephesians 1 and 1. Paul, an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah, by the will of Elohim, to the sons who are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Yahshua the Messiah... Grace be to you and peace from Yahweh, our Father, and from our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Blessed be the Elohim and Father of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Yahshua, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So that's the uh, first point I want to uh, talk about here. Uh, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, that's a pretty uh, amazing statement that, you know, before we were even born, our Savior, our Creator has chosen us either to be saved or not to be saved. And growing up in the Catholic uh, faith as I was, uh, that's definitely not how uh, they they tell you, you know, they want you to uh, do works uh, and do, you know, the suppers and the sacrifices and paying tithes. And they want you to do all the physical things, which it was under the law. And if we could, uh, uh, the one scripture where it's, uh, about uh, we couldn't do those things. They were against, they were against us and they weren't, I can't think of how it is. The, the laws that were against us. I don't know where that scripture is. Or contrary? Contrary to us, yes, thank you. If anyone knows where that is. Uh, I'm drawing a blank, Linda, you know? No, I'm looking though, if anyone else has it. Where's Sasha when you need him? Look up nailing him to his cross. I'm looking to. Colossians 2.14. Colossians 2 and 14. Thank you. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So there, that was what I was trying, that was the point I was trying to make. The, uh, ordinances and all the the different things that we used that they used to do 
under the law, he took that out of the way and nailed it to his cross. So go ahead and uh, finish or continue in five, please. Having predestined, this is Ephesians 1, 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of sons by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And so predestined the glory to the praise of the glory of his grace through which he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So he's predestinated us. And that also is means he's chosen, you know, we are predestined. We are chosen from the foundation of the world and declaring the end from the beginning. Uh, you know, all that is just not taught in the Catholic faith. And until you come down here and I mean, it's in the book, it's right there in Ephesians, the same book that everybody reads. But until you come down here and learn that, that our creator has a purpose and plan, and you don't have a say in it, really. You, you are a part of it, obviously, but you don't have a say. You, don't, you can't work up on your salvation. He's predestined us. Uh, he's chosen us from the foundation of the world. He's predestinated us, and it's all according to the good pleasure of his will. We have nothing to do with it. And I've said this before uh, when I've done some of my discourses that even Yahshua, the Messiah, didn't have the free will to do. You know, what he did was what the Father willed him, wanted him to do. I mean, you know, he was the Savior and he was up on the cross and he, he couldn't get down off of that cross because his, you know, his purpose was to fulfill what Yahweh had sent him to fulfill. So even our Savior didn't have, I guess, free will. Uh, you know, he was predestinated to be our Savior and to die for our sins. So um, I want to go to Isaiah 46, 10 and 11, and that'll get us another witness out of the prophets uh, to this fact of predestination, uh, declaring the end from the beginning, that kind of thing. Isaiah 46 and 9, remember the former things of old, for I am Yahweh Elohim, and there's none else. I am Elohim, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling so there it is. That's, I'm going to stop you there. Thank you. And so there's, uh, there it is again, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. It's not you, it's Yahweh's pleasure. It's his will. It's his purpose. And the beginning of that verse goes to what I was saying earlier, declaring the end from the beginning. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's from ancient times. It's from before time. It's from eternity. He declared the end from the beginning. So you're not going to change uh, the purpose of Yahweh. You, you just have to either get in line with it or, you know, I don't know what else. <laughs> anyway, go back to Ephesians, uh, Linda, verse six. To the praise of the glory of his grace through which he hath made us accepted in the beloved. It, 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. In, in so which there's we that have word the grace. There's that word grace there. Uh, grace is unwarranted favor. His grace. He's going to save us through grace. It's not through works. Um, his, it's his will, his counsel, and his grace. His grace is the real gift. I know we're, um, or his Holy Spirit is the real gift, but I know we were talking just because it was Christmas and everybody is, you know, the gift is, you know, what kind of good gift can I get for somebody or uh, what physical thing will make me happy? Well, it's not about that. Uh, the gift is the Holy Spirit and that's your real gift. And you're not going to get that by working up on it or, any other physical way of, of achieving that he has to um, give it to you. You have to be chosen from the foundation of the world. Uh, you have to be predestined uh, to, to have that gift uh, of grace and his spirit. Uh, go ahead, Linda. Eight in which he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us, the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. So I'm going to stop you there. So having made known unto us the mystery of his will. So it is a mystery. You know, the churches don't teach it. I never heard any of this stuff when I was in the Catholic Church. And, you know, that's the biggest church in the world. You would think that they would at least know the mystery of his will or have some kind of a a clue uh, as to what his will is. Um, but they don't have that. And that's because they don't know his purpose. Um, and we've talked about this before. A lot of the uh, things that religion um, relies on is, is customs from, of men's imaginations. And it came from, you know, the old empires of Greece, Persia, Babylon, all that. You know, these are things that man thought of um, that permeate in our churches today, not the purpose of Yahweh and the will of Yahweh and the truth. And that's not going to be, um, he's, he's got to reveal that to you and um, in a revelation, which means an understanding of his purpose or his will. Uh, go ahead, read on. Ten, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Yahshua, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And so that's another thing that's pretty mind-blowing when you, when you hear it and you first come down here is uh, he's going to gather together all things in the Messiah. And... Um, I don't know if, you know, I never knew this, but the one scripture is in him, we live and move and we have our being. And we also say that in our moderation on the uh, Moses chart there, when we refer to Yahweh as pure spirit and we live and move and have our being within him. So it's just mind blowing that, um, you know, that's, that's what's going on here. Um, 
we are in him and we will return to him. And just like Eve was taken out of uh, Adam, you know, mm-hmm. that's the physical representation of what we're going to be going back into the, we have to go back into the man, into the, the woman has to go back into the man and we have to go back into the Messiah to not be, uh, you know, subject to any of this world, the devil and all the temptations of this world. Uh, go ahead and continue, please. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Okay, I don't know if... That we should be to the praise... I don't know if you... I think you might be breaking up a little bit. I don't know if anyone else heard that or not, but it could be my phone too. But I'm going to stop you there. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. So... We are, if we are a son, we have an inheritance and that inheritance isn't something physical. That inheritance is for our spirit, is is spiritual and for our soul. And if we be a son and we are predestined according to his will, um, you know, we're going to have that inheritance that he states here. And that's his purpose. He's here to save souls and to forgive us of our sins and because you can't do it you can't work up on it you can't go to in catholic faith we had to go to confession you know we had to go in this dark little room and talk to a priest another man and tell our sins and then he would be the the mediator between us and god and he would tell us say this say that and your sins are forgiven but you know, we weren't really because we would just, it was kind of a vain uh, process because it really amounted to nothing. We would just go back and do the same thing again. And, you know, what good was it? It didn't do any good. So we have an inheritance and we have to be aware that, you know, that's what's waiting for us. And it's not about uh, this physical creation, even though, you know, it, it can overwhelm you sometimes. And it seems like that's all there is because of what's going on in the world. And, you know, everybody's got problems and I'm sure, you know, you got something in your life that eats at you. So, you know, you just gotta, you gotta know that this isn't all there is, that there's an inheritance waiting, you know, if we be a son and it's not about the flesh. Um, and that's another good scripture. The flesh profiteth nothing. I'm not sure where that's at. Give you guys a good workout tonight if anyone knows where that's at. John 6.63. Thank you, Jerry. John 6.63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And there's that spirit again. And, you know, flesh is profiting nothing. It's all about the spirit. The spirit is what it's all about. The spirit is the reality of it, even though it seems that the flesh is the reality because that's what we're in. But 
as it says in that scripture, it's, it's about the spirit and about that inheritance that you're going to get. Uh, it's a spiritual inheritance. It's not the uh, mansions of gold or like people say they're going to be playing golf with whoever up there in heaven. It's not about that. Uh, it's about the spiritual. Uh, go ahead, please, Linda. All right, I'm going to read 11 again. In whom okay. also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Yahshua, in whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And that's, that's really a good uh, scripture there, I, or a good verse. I like that there. In whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth. How many times out there uh, are we hearing words and, you know, people telling you, hey, this is the truth, this is the truth, and it's, you know, it's not, a lot of times it's not the truth. And Dr. Kinley, the founder of our school said, you have to check things out. Don't just believe it because someone says it. Um, you got to check it out for yourself. And a lot of the things that, you know, go on in the world, people just take it for gospel. Like, for example, the false information about stuff on social media, you know, someone would rather believe a social media post other as opposed to someone who's a scientist or whatever. So, you know, there's a lot of people get sucked into stuff and think it's a truth out there. And the gospel of your salvation and whom also after ye believed, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And I heard this in a lecture, actually, it was a lecture in Syracuse uh, in December, early in, the, in December, that once Joshua, the Holy Spirit, is in you, he will never leave you. You're sealed with that Holy Spirit. Uh, once he's in you and he's working with you, he will never leave you. That's, that's pretty comforting uh, in, this, in this crazy world with everything that's going on. Uh, go ahead, Linda, please. 14, who is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Okay, Wherefore, I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. This, is, this is something I also learned in this class. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. The purchased possession is our soul. Yahshua has purchased your soul from the foundation of the world. He's predestined you. So that's, uh, you know, that's what he means. That's what it means by purchase possession unto the praise of his glory. And all of the sons that are going to be gathered in to Yahshua are going to be, that's going to be the praise and glory to Yahweh that no one was lost. Nothing was lost. Everybody was saved. Um, so that's, that's kind of a pretty good feeling. Um, gives me a pretty good feeling anyway, that um, there is 
you know, there is a good hope out there that you have the comforter, you know, that can help you through these, these rough times. So um, I'm kind of running out of gas right now. And I think I'm going to pass it on to the next speaker. I hope I said something that might have sparked some of your thinking and all praises to Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, um, Dr. Frankowski. And our next speaker, I'd like to introduce Dr. Sharon Welch from the Syracuse class. Well, I enjoyed the remarks to the first speaker. <clears throat> there's, um, there's so much that uh, Yahshua has revealed to us at the end of this age. Um, it's just a pleasure to be able to um, testify to those things that he has shown us. Um, Ephesians, the first chapter is one of my favorites. Uh, it really is uh, telling you you know, what it's like um, to really have the Holy Spirit because the bottom line is, is that um, <clears throat> you're sealed with that Holy Spirit. And when Dave said, you know, that really, um, you know, uh, made him feel comfort or, you know, that we're actually sealed. And I keep thinking about how that uh, an example of that is when um, the sperm penetrates that egg and then that egg is sealed. There's no other sperm that could enter. And uh, that's just a physical example of how that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So you're thinking, well, why is she using the egg and the sperm, you know? Well, let's get Romans 1, 19 and 20 and break this, this down and show you uh, what we've, we've been shown. So Romans. Romans 1, 19, go ahead. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has shown it unto them. For mm -hmm. the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So <clears throat> that which may be known of Yahweh. So there are things that can be known of your creator. Uh, don't let someone tell you that uh, you can't know him uh, until you die, because that's just not so. You need to know him now. And uh, let's get, uh, hang on to um, John, <clears throat> eternal life. But I want to break this Romans 1, 19 and 20, um, it, that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest right within you as Yahweh has shown it to you. He needs to show it to you. Um, and the way that he shows it to you is 
by his creation. And I see Greg has this green, we call it green chart, but it's the creator imaged by his creation. That's Romans 1, 19 and 20. The creator is shown by his creation or the physical reveals the spiritual. So, and even on this chart, it shows you their ovum and the, the egg and the sperm uh, penetrating that egg and it's sealed, okay? So that's a physical example of something spiritual. So um, Romans 1, 19 and 20 says that for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world. And that's what this green chart is. Uh, if you look at it, it's all the things that are in the creation. <clears throat> um, you know, from your, your body is all broken down, the cell, the atom, the metamorphosis, the seasons, all of that is showing forth your creator. Now, why? Well, because that shows you that your creator is real. See, he's put witnesses in the creation to show you that he is real. So you have no doubt in your mind, you know, that <laughs> there is a creator and that he has created this creation to show forth himself. And that's the reason, you know, people um, um, always have that question on, you know, why am I here? You know, why was I born? You know, what, what, is, uh, what is life all about? Well, to tell you the truth is that life and what, why you're here is to know the, know your creator and that he is real. So um, the sealing of that Holy Spirit, see, in you, because he has shown himself um, through the creation to show you See, that he is real and that he is real within you. You know, they say, you know, where is, uh, where's God? You know, and they look up into the sky and say, he's up there. Well, he's not up there. Um, well, first of all, let me back up. Let me get uh, uh, life eternal. Because this is the reason why, <laughs> why we're here. See? John 17, 3. And this is life eternal. Mm -hmm. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah whom thou hast sent. Now, first of all, I, have I didn't even know what life eternal, never heard those two words put together. Life eternal, what is that? I never heard about that. But if you think about what those words mean is that life, see, we think life is the physical life, but you know that we all have a date. We all have an appointment, you see, where no one lives forever in the, in the physical body does not live forever. And we all know as we're getting older, it's just breaking down and breaking down, you see. And you get to the point where, uh, <laughs> You know, the end is declared from the beginning because at the end of your life, you know, you, you, you can't see. In the beginning of your life, you they, babies can't see. You know, at the end of your life, um, 
you lose your teeth. In the beginning of your life, you know, you have no teeth. And you go, you know, we can go on and on and on and comparing the, you know, the baby with the, with the, uh, 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 the adult or when, as you get older. I don't know how I got off on that, but life eternal. See, we're not talking about physical life eternal. We're talking about a spiritual life because you know that physical life is not eternal. <laughs> There's nothing in this physical life that lasts forever. Although, you know, they, you spend millions and millions of dollars to try and, you know, the, uh, to help your body live forever, you know, but it doesn't, we all have an appointment. So that life eternal is your spiritual life, not your physical life. So this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true El, which is Yahweh Elohim, and Yahshua the Messiah whom thou hast sent. So life eternal is to know. Now to know is not just, you need to know that Yahweh, see, is a unity. Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua are one. And that's what that's really saying. But to know that Yahweh exists is the beginning of you uh, seeking out um the truth and the truth will set you free. Why is that? Because the truth is Joshua and Joshua in you is the only way that you're going to get eternal life. So <clears throat> Ephesians, the first chapter um, is breaking down the process in which happens when you receive that Holy Spirit. So let me back down, let me back up a little bit and uh, show you how that uh, had the tabernacle pattern and how that that was given to Moses up on, on the Mount. Let's go to the um, Moses chart. See, all this is a witness. Everything that we're talking about down here in this school is a witness that Yahweh is real <laughs> and that he just has the whole creation convincing you of that, that he is real. So what Yahweh did, and we say it in our moderation, see that Yahweh um, is pure spirit. We can taste, touch, smell spirit right? And that's pure spirit state. But he knows that man cannot understand him or perceive him in that pure spirit state. He took on shape and form right within himself. If you can uh, zoom out a little bit, uh, uh, Greg, to show you that we have this cloud as Yahweh is being in that fiery cloud, See, and it is all the way around the chart and everything on the chart abides within the cloud. That's because everything in the creation abides within Yahweh. So man <clears throat> being in Yahweh, see, uh, uh, cannot perceive of him in that 
pure spirit state. Now that cloud, he, he symbolized himself as a cloud because a cloud has no particular shape and form. And that's what Yahweh is. He has, that pure spirit has no particular shape and form. But so that man can, can understand Yahweh, which understanding, see, is to know, right? And knowing is eternal life. So in order for man to know him, he has to take on that shape and form right within himself. So Yahweh doesn't go anywhere. He could, he just breaks himself down into that uh, visionary shape and form. Now, if we can just zoom into that uh, shape and form and you'll see and that on that figure, <clears throat> see it, it has Yahweh, Elohim and Yahshua right on that figure which tells you that that is the unity. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true El and Yahshua, the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. So that is a unity. See, that, that is all that Yahweh is, is Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. So then he breaks himself down, see, into that visionary shape and form, which was shown to Moses um, in that panoramic vision of Moses to, to of Elohim to Moses, see? And then he breaks himself down even further into that tabernacle pattern because that tabernacle pattern is a witness to how Yahweh exists. So if we can, yeah, you're, you're going there, Greg, going over to the, um, to the pattern in the wilderness of Sinai. See, he instructed Moses to come down and build one exactly like it, exactly like it in the wilderness. And that tabernacle pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. Well, why? Because the most holy place is likened unto Yahweh, because that's where Yahweh dwelt. The holy place is likened unto Elohim, because that is the intercession or the uh, inter to ex intercede between man and Yahweh, which is Elohim. And then the court roundabout is likened unto Yahshua, which is Yahweh coming down and being that sacrificial lamb, see, and which was um, sacrificed on that altar. So do you see how that that's just all Yahweh and that it's a unity? <clears throat> so in that tabernacle pattern, the principles that are in that tabernacle pattern, see, shows forth that Yahweh is real because he gave, <laughs> he gave us that pattern. See, to show that's a witness that Yahweh uh, uh, set that up back in the wilderness and that we can now, I mean, that was what 1490 BY. Did you see that up there in the Mount? That was a long time ago, you know, uh, almost uh, 6,000 years ago, where that was um, set up in the wilderness. But now we can, down in, in our age, see in dispensation, we show forth how that tabernacle pattern and the body cor correlates back and forth to each other. Now, you know that they didn't know much about the body back there with Moses when that tabernacle was set up. 
<clears throat> but now we have the understanding or the knowledge or the physical to reveal the spiritual. And if we can get the body tabernacle chart and show you how that the, the physical body, see, man by the pattern, correlates with the tabernacle pattern. So that is the physical or your body revealing the spiritual, which is the tabernacle, which has principles um, in that tabernacle pattern that corresponds with the physical. So I don't want to get into, into it. Maybe somebody else can, but I just want to show you how that <clears throat> this is a witness, see, that Yahweh is real. And this is the one chart that I just absolutely loved when I first came down to class because, you know, I was into nursing at that time and I knew about the body <clears throat> and I was interested in the body, which I still am, but I saw how that, how can that possibly be? How can that physical body correlate so tight to that that tabernacle pattern. And to me, it just showed me that Yahweh is real because how else is that going to, um, you know, uh, be so tight and uh, show forth uh, Yahweh and his, the power that he has, that he can uh, create the physical body, see, <clears throat> and have this tabernacle pattern uh, just correspond to that body so perfectly. It's just an amazing thing. So that's, that's one of the witnesses that he uh, shows us that he is real. So what does that do for us is that <clears throat> we say that life, uh, eternal life is to know him. So to know him, see, it, he has to reveal himself to you. And how does he do that? But to put his spirit right within you. And that's an example. And I'll just do that with the most holy place because it says in Leviticus 16.2, let's get that. Leviticus 16.2, this is back in the law. This is uh, explaining what is going on in the most holy place of this tabernacle pattern? Leviticus 16 and 2. And Yahweh said unto Moses, speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not, for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Now, see how he says that he's going to appear in the cloud? Didn't I tell you in the Moses chart where it says that he, Yahweh, uh, symbolized himself as a cloud? Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose the cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud is no particular shape and form. Well, the witness to that is in this tabernacle pattern that he will dwell within the cloud upon the mercy seat. So here you go over to your body, right? And uh, let me get uh, 1 Corinthians 16, I believe 916, is it? So in your, in your most holy place of your body, which would be your 
head cavity. So you have a brain, which is mostly uh, a gray and white matter. And it aren't, isn't that what clouds are, is gray and white? And don't you have blood flowing, hopefully, to your bra brain? <laughs> so there's that fiery cloud. See, uh, and, and it, sets, it sets on a, a salatursica, which means saddle or seat. So you have your brain, which is a cloud that's on a mercy seat in your physical body. So if Yahweh dwelt in the tabernacle pattern on, in the cloud upon the mercy seat in the most holy place, then where do you think he is in you? Let's get uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 9.16, is it? I'm not thinking that's it. 9.16. It is? 619. 619. Oh, thank you. 1 Corinthians 9.16. 1 Corinthians 6.19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom ye have of Yahweh, and ye are not your own? You know what? Don't you know that your body, aren't we talking about the physical body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So where do you think that Holy Spirit dwells? See, it's in your heart and in, in your mind, in your heart, in your mind. That's your brain. That's where Yahweh dwells now. And Paul is saying, what? Don't you know that? Because Paul's preached that, you know, to them. This is after Pentecost, first in Corinthians. And he's saying, don't you know this? You know, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Ephesians is talking about and how that you're sealed with that Holy Spirit. And, and don't you know that your body, your physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you and you are not your own. <laughs> we are not our own. You see, yeah, Yahweh dwells within you. You know, he just takes over all of your, your, your desires, your wants, your, you know, I was listening to uh, SoundCloud, I think it was 18, and uh, Dr. Kinley was talking about, um, if we go to the Moses chart, and he says he was working with uh, Nate, uh, Aaron, Nadab, and Abayu, and <clears throat> how that Yahweh uh, uh, called Moses and Joshua up on the mount, right? But what did he tell them? Eight, Nadab, eight, oh, Aaron, Nadab, Abayu, and the seventy elders. He he said, "Wait here for." Well, let's get it. It's an Exodus. It's on the chart here. Exodus. I can't see it. <laughs> Exodus. Is it? I don't know if it's at twenty-four. Exodus twenty-four and fourteen. Thank you. And he said unto, I'll pick it up in 13. Moses rose up and his servant Joshua and Moses mm -hmm. went up into the mountain of Elohim. And he said unto the elders, tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. 
So he says, Terry, I'm sorry, Deb, Terry here, Terry here. Terry here for us. Right. So he's telling them to stand still. (laughs) Stay there. See, stand still. And he says, what did they do? They didn't listen. They didn't stand still. They went down and and, uh, built the the golden calf, you know, if they just, he says, if they just would stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh, see, they wouldn't, you know, I know it was meant to be, but the, but the principle is, is that, you know, tarry here for us until we return. So, you know, sometimes we just need to stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh, which, you know, he, he will show to you this day, <clears throat> which is in what Moses, uh, what they said to the children of Israel before they crossed the Red Sea. He told them to stand still. I mean, I just thought that was such a pretty uh, correlation, you know, to Yahweh showing us, you know, just stand still and, and listen to this gospel and, and, you know, just the gospel will set you free. And that's what Ephesians is talking about here. Um, let's pick it up at nine. Ephesians one and nine. Nine, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. So having made known unto us, see that you need to, he shows himself. He wants you to know him. See, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. It is a mystery. You know, it's the great mystery that he has revealed to us of his will according to his good pleasure. It gives him good pleasure to show us that he is real, which he has purposed in himself, right within himself. He has purposed, uh, his purpose um, is manifested. Okay, Uh, keep going. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Yahshua. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you, Linda, sorry. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means there is a process. See, the fullness of time is when after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Yahshua, the Messiah. That's the fullness of time. And that's why he says when he's on the cross, um, it says the end. See? And that he finished the works. When he finished the works that Yahweh has, uh, he was doing his father's business. The fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah. So he is gathering his sons, see, together in one all in the Messiah. See, both of which in heaven or which are on earth, even in him. So it's not talking about the physical heaven and the physical earth. He's talking about the angels and the sons. See, he, they're all going to come together 
uh, even in him, okay? Uh, pick up 11, please. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So we were obtaining an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose. See, <laughs> in whom we also we have obtained an inheritance. What is that inheritance? Well, you know that in the, in the law, the uh, tribes all had inheritance, um, but the tribe of Judah, which is the, the king, Judah's the priesthood, they, they didn't have any land to inherit it, that Yahweh was their inheritance. That's just like shown forth now in the new covenant and whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So we were predestined right from the, from the uh, foundations of the world that you were called his son, see? So what is happening now that keep going in 12? That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Yahshua, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, so it sounds like this is a, a, a process in which um, this is happening. But if you think about it, think about the first time that you came down to class and you heard the truth. Now, didn't it prick your heart in some way? Didn't you say, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, even though some of, you know, you, you might want to resist it, but you can't, you know, you just can't because it's, it's like it, it pricks your heart. It's like there's something here. We know it. Now, the only way that's going to happen is if Yahshua is in you to show you spirit has to uh, uh reveal spirit. So this is, isn't a process. This just happens all at once. You hear the word of truth, that truth will set you free. And in all, the only way you're going to be set free is if you have that Holy spirit in you. So think about how that, uh, how this is happening. See, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, you need to hear the gospel, the gospel of your salvation. And that's what 1 Corinthians 15, 1 is saying that this is the gospel, which, you know, it, it's your salvation. And we're going to have to go there after this. Now I want to finish 13. Okay, I'll start again. In whom ye, okay. also, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So that's what I was talking about before and how that you are sealed. Because once you hear the truth, 
See, that all happens all at once. You hear the truth. You say, oh, Yahweh is real. And you trust in that. Uh, and you, you're hearing the gospel of your salvation. And after that, you believe. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That all happens at once. And when you're sealed, that's it. Like Dave said, there's, <laughs> you're not going to lose it. When you're sealing something, you, nothing is leaking out. You know, nothing can get out. And that's what happens when you receive that Holy Spirit. See, <laughs> it's forever. It's just forever. And uh, let's just get 14. And then I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 15. And then I'm going to yield the floor. 14. Who is the earnest? Uh, I'm going to say starting here. Ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Mm -hmm. I'll keep going. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in Yahshua the Messiah and love unto all the sons, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the Elohim that the father of our savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation mm -hmm. in the knowledge of him. So it's the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. It's the spirit of love, of justice, foundation, power, and strength. Those are all Yahweh's attributes. And that is all in a one big package. <laughs> You get it all. You don't get, you know, a baby Jesus or a baby Yahshua, you know, and no, it's just all there. It's just all there. And what you grow in is what Dr. Kinley said is that, you know, he knows who he is and that we are becoming aware of who we are. It's not that, uh, you know, you just have a little bit of it. No, it's there. It's just your awareness is growing that you have that spirit of Yahshua in you. And that is the power that uh, is just an amazing thing to understand and to know that Yahshua is in you. So let's get 1 Corinthians 15, 1, and I want to show you um about this uh this gospel and another principle that uh i pulled out there first corinthians 15 and 1 moreover brethren i declare unto you the gospel which i preached unto you which also you have received and in which you stand by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what i preached unto you unless you have believed in vain for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So this is Paul telling you that he is going to be, he, he has declared the gospel, and he already he preached it unto you, which also you have received, and where you stand. Now, didn't I tell you how that you have to, 
you know, stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. The, stand still and hear that gospel. He declares the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand by which you are saved. And that's why he wants you to just stand still. And uh, there's another SoundCloud um, and I don't remember what number it is. I've been listening to them at night because I couldn't read, you know, <laughs> so I listened to the SoundClouds and there's one of them, it was a short one and I don't remember which number it is, but he was working with this standstill and, and all of a sudden he gets, he gets crazy and he goes, he goes, now, why are you back there? You got to listen to me. Why are you talking? You can't, you can't hear me if you're talking. He goes, just sit down and shut up. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> he goes, stand still and hear, you know, you, you have to listen. And if you're talking and if you're stomping your feet and you're chewing gum and you're, <laughs> he was going on and on. And I was like, whoa, you know, I mean, why is he getting so angry about it? Well, because if you're not standing still and seeing the salvation of Yahweh, you know, you're not getting it, you know, and if you hear that word, you will, you'll stand still and you'll say, oh, wow, what, you know, it's like, there's nothing that will distract you from that because you are just so absorbed in the truth and that by which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, and you know that people out there in the world just believe in vain, you know, emptiness, the, their belief is just, it, it's just empty, you know, it has no substance to it, they just say they believe, well, what do you believe in, well, yeah, Dr. Kelly said, make me prove it. You're satisfied. People don't even go there these days. They just don't care. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that I also received. You have to receive it first in order to give it. How that Yahshua died for our sins, according to the scripture, and he was buried. So it's the, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, according to the scriptures, which is the gospel, which you, which we stand in and wherein we are saved. And hallelujah, because that, that is saving not your physical body. Like I said, eternal life is not a physical life. It's your spiritual life and that we have eternal life. We know that we have eternal life and we know that Yahshua is real. I hope that you got something out of there that, uh, that Yahshua has shown me and uh, I'll yield back to the moderator. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Welch. And for our final speaker this evening, we'd like to hear from the Oceanside class, the Dean, Dr. Dennis Volpe. Good evening to everyone. I want to say that uh, I was really stimulated by the remarks of the first and second speaker, and I just want to pick right up where uh, Sharon had left off. 
because I started remembering back when Dr. Kinley used to always tell us that down here you don't have to pay any money. He said the only thing you have to pay is attention. Now believe it or not, paying attention is not easy. She was talking about being still, standing still. Now when we come into the room, especially now with the Zoom classes that we're doing, many of us are sitting alone in the privacy of our own home. And the truth is that there is a, another way that we can be uh, violating that uh, dictate for us to pay attention. And it's not just by chewing gum. Dr. Kinley did mention that, you know, tapping your foot, talking to somebody, that sort of thing, which of course is very distracting. And Dr. Kinley was always uh, telling people not to be distracting people during class. And he said, because you're going to need every ounce of your attention and your ability to concentrate in order to hear and absorb what's being said. Now, a lot of times we come into class and we sit there and we hear something being expressed and we have afterthought going on. In other words, we're thinking about something as we're listening, something not about class. Uh, you know, usually something we're going to do maybe after class or a problem we have to take care of tomorrow. And all of these thoughts and all of these things that are distractions right within your own self are a hinder to the Holy Spirit revealing this teaching to you. And truthfully, we have to fight right within our own self to try to not be uh, absorbed into those afterthoughts so that we can stand still and see the salvation of Yahshua. And, you know, truthfully speaking, I'll have to say this. The things that we hear, sometimes when people get on the floor or their turn is they're called to speak, and they go into a subject matter that you've heard maybe many times, so you have a tendency to be more lax in your concentration following what the speaker is saying. Now, that could be a dangerous circumstance to put yourself in. Because sometimes people are going to say something that is not right, and you're sitting there shaking your head yes because you got afterthought going on and it sounds like what I remember hearing once before. So you're really not concentrating and paying attention. Now, Dr. Kinley used to love to do this exercise. He would get on the floor and start talking about some aspect of the gospel and purposely in the same tone, the same rhythm as he was talking about things that were taught in class, would say something purposely that was wrong. And people would sit there and shake their head up and down, yes, that's right, that's right. And Doc would stop, turn around and go, now that isn't right. And all of a sudden, everybody's at attention. All of a sudden, the afterthought is gone because now you weren't following, you weren't thinking, you weren't concentrating on what was being said. And I'm telling you, it's difficult. Listening, good listening, truthfully, is a gift. Now, everybody wants to be a speaker, but truthfully, you can't really speak about anything if you haven't listened first and paid attention. you got nothing to say. Nobody wants to hear what you think. They want to hear what doth saith Yahweh in you. Now, 
I want to talk about some of these things in Ephesians because there's so much in that chapter that can be honed in on and gone into. And I want to talk about, I started thinking about while Sharon was expressing what she was expressing, what true hearing is. Now I'm going to turn your attention for a minute to a part of that scripture that we read tonight. And I want you to go over to Ephesians 1 and start at, uh, let's see here. Well, I'm going to start at 9, but I'm after something that's a few verses down. Go ahead and start at 9 if you wouldn't mind for me. Thank you. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Now listen, listen. He's made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now, some people say, well, what is his will? Well... You know, it's, I've even heard ministers say, well, uh, that we don't know the will of God. I've heard them make these statements from the pulpit. Now, here's what the will is. If you look up that word will in Strong's, you'll find out that will, one of the definitions of will is purpose. Now, the purpose of Yahweh is not written in black and white. Dr. Kinley said that the purpose is hidden in a mystery down in those scriptures. And he did that purposely. Yahweh did that purposely, is hid his purpose, so that when the devil read the Bible, he said he would read it and not be able to understand it. That would necessitate the one who wrote it, the one who dictated it, to open up the true understanding of what is down in those scriptures. Now, he has made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now, what we learn when we come to class, oftentimes we take you back and show you manifestations of correlations pointing to something that happened uh, down in the law, the prophets, and then even in the fulfillment. Now, all of that itself is not necessarily an uh, 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 a aspect of having the Holy Spirit and having a true understanding. You say, well, what do you mean by that? I have a Bible, and many other people in this organization have the same Bible. Dr. Kinley used to have this Bible. It was It's called the New Encyclopedic Reference Edition. At one point, it was published by Zondervan Publishing House. It was originally published by Royal Publishers. Now, the bottom line is, in that Bible, it's like a biblical encyclopedia, in the front... They have law, prophets, and fulfillment by the Messiah right in the front of that Bible. Now, these people can read where it says, A virgin shall conceive and, 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 and bear a son. And, and, you know, and then they see that Yahshua was born of a virgin over there in Luke. So it doesn't take the Holy Spirit to see the correlations. But there is a purpose for everything that Yahweh is doing back down through the Bible. Every event, every occurrence, Yahweh's got a purpose of why he caused that to happen according to his divine will. Now, until we know why Yahweh is doing these things in the Bible, until we understand the reality of what he's trying to get across to us by these manifestational occurrences, 
we don't know the purpose of Yahweh. Now, why is it important to know the purpose of Yahweh? Well, for one thing, Dr. Kinley said in back in 1971, when he was in Big Bear, California, uh, there's a transcript, I think, also that has this, that you have to know the purpose of Yahweh in order to be saved. Because the purpose of Yahweh, when we understand it, is expressing the divine will of Yahweh, and to know the will of Yahweh is to really understand Yahweh on an intimate level and brings about your recognition of the true beauty, the true love, the true kindness of your creator. And the great wisdom that he is manifesting by running his purpose. Now, he is, we have been privy to having him reveal to us and making known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Keep reading there at 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Yahshua, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even now in Now listen, him. he's gathering together all things that are in Yahshua the Messiah. And I have to say this, we were talking about this Saturday night in our class, being that it was Christmas. We talked about what the true birthday of Yahshua really was. It was not, well, we all know it's not December 25th, but the true actual birthday of Yahshua also is not June 6th. Now, June 6th is the birth of that physical body that came forth from the loins of the Virgin Mary. And that that is absolutely correct. And we know that Yahshua was born through that uh, uh, event that we read about over there in Luke, the second chapter. But the true birth of Yahshua was in the realm of eternity, before there was time, and before there was anything that existed. No angelic, no physical creation. That's when Yahshua was born. And Dr. Kinley said that you can't put a date on that, since it was in the day of eternity, which is where Yahshua is from. He's from above. Now, what Yahweh's going to do is, since everything came out from pure spirit, pure spirit is the source and substance, limits and bounds of everything that exists. And I remember Dr. Kinley talking about how that, that uh, Elohim reached back into pure spirit and brought forth both the angelic and the physical creation from that substance. Now, since that all came through him, everything's got to go back through him the same way. Because everything must return from the source from which it orig originated. Now, the manifestation in the creation, when we read over there in Genesis, the first chapter, or the second chapter, excuse me, that when Adam was created, he was created from the dust of the earth, and Yahweh told him, from dust you came, and from dust you shall return. In other words, that physical body is going to return to the source, manifestationally, from which it was taken from to be created. Now, that's a type, a shadow, to show you that everything was created from spirit and everything must return back to Yahweh in pure spirit. So, Yahshua, since he brought everything forth and everything came through him, then, and we were in him from the beginning. That's what we read at the first part of Ephesians, the first chapter, that we were chosen in him from the foundation of the world. Well, since that's the case, then everything has to go back through him 
because the end is declared from the beginning. If everything came out of Yahshua, everything's got to go back through Yahshua. And this is what Paul is talking about here. Go ahead and keep, uh, keep, keep reading where you were there, that in the dispensation of time he may gather together in one all things in the Messiah, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. All the angels and every soul of mankind is going to be gathered back in Yahshua. Keep reading, 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, Yahweh, listen, you know yourself from a natural standpoint that when certain men have acquired an empire of wealth, let's say, or goods, and they have a large family, which was common back in uh, olden times, people would have large families, a lot of sons and daughters and that sort of thing. The man would sit down and he would determine who would receive what after his demise, after he died. And he put it in a will. Now that will then, when the will is executed, there is a place in that substance that is going to be given, we call it the inheritance, to each one according to the uh, intent of the father who made the will to start with. Now, every one of us have a place in Yahweh and in Yahshua the Messiah, and it is according to Yahweh's purpose where we sit in Yahshua and in the Father himself. And so what I want you to realize is he already determined that from the beginning. Now, I have said this many times. I'm not just saying it for lip service. I actually mean this sincerely. I will be happy to just be a doorman in the house of Yahweh, to open the door and shut the door for those that are going in and out, so to speak. In other words, I don't ascribe to think that I could sit where Paul sat, who was martyred for this gospel, or Peter, or any of those apostles back there. I'm just happy to be in his house. It doesn't matter to me about being up, sitting up front. Now, I want you to know that we have to let go of all of this ambition in the flesh, thinking that it's important for us to be somebody in the IDMR, or be somebody in our class. I want to be the dean. I want to be the primary speaker. Look, just allow the Holy Spirit to use you in the capacity for which he brought you in to do, and that you are doing your service, your reasonable service, and your reward will be given to you at the close of this age. Every one of us are going to receive an immortal glorified body that is like Yahshua's when he appears. And we can't lose sight of that, that we're down here, ladies and gentlemen, for our inheritance. Now, just to show you something about that, I want to go to Galatians for a minute. And I believe it's Galatians. I think uh, it's the fourth chapter. If I'm not, no, I think it's the third chapter. Let's see. That isn't it. Let's see. Okay, I'll find it. I want to talk, I want in Galatians where he talks about us being servants. Uh, 
Where the heck is that? Am I in the right book four here? Seven. Wait a minute. Four seven, I think. Guys. Oh, I'm in the wrong book. No wonder. <laughs> okay, I hit the wrong one on my phone here. All right, Galatians, and what what which what verse is it again? Four seven. Four seven. Let me pick it up and see if that's where we go. Well, I want to go back up here. Let's see. I want to start at 1. Galatians 4 and 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be master of all. Now listen. But we are kings in the earth plane from the standpoint that we have Yahshua in us. But we are servants at this point in the purpose. Now, if you read, if you read each one of the, the apostles when they uh, in the New Testament, as they say, write their epistle, they'll start out saying, I, Paul, the servant of Yahshua the Messiah. James, I, James, the servant of Yahshua the Messiah. Peter, I, Peter, the servant of... They refer to them as servants. Now, while we're in the flesh, we are serving Yahshua the Messiah. Well, what do you mean? We are doing the uh, 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 work of the ministry, and Yahshua is uh, uh, now uh, having us operate in the earth plane to preach the gospel, to, to try to bring souls out of darkness, if they be predestined to be brought out of darkness. We are being used for that purpose. Now, what I want you to know at the close of this age, that purpose is now over with. So we have to continue in servitude right till we come down to the end of the age. Now, even though we're heirs of all things, we're servants at this point in the purpose. Keep reading. Two, but it is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. That's right, read. E even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Mm, that's but right. Now, every one of us, are suff we suffer the things common to man. Even though we are a king and an inheritor of the great uh, 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 promises that Yahweh has made through Yahshua the Messiah to us, at this point, we are subject to what goes on in the world. We're going to have health conditions. We're going to have achy knees and backs. We're going to have money problems and all the other things that go on in the world. See, so we are suffering the things that, of the elements of this world, of this life. Read. But when the fullness of time was come, Elohim sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, mm -hmm. to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Mm -hmm. And because ye are sons, Elohim has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. Therefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of Elohim. Now that's the what's Messiah. going on, ladies and gentlemen. We are the sons of Yahweh now. And John writes, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the sons of Yahweh? And at the end of this age, what we receive for our inheritance is going to be that immortal, glorified body once this purpose of this age has, has come to a uh, uh, an end. That is to preach the gospel of salvation right down to the end. And once that's over with, 
Now we receive those immortal glorified bodies and are going on into the new heaven and new earth state where there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow. None of those things will exist in the next age and there ain't going to be no devil either working you over and constantly on uh, trying to uh, pull you back into ignorance and all those kind of things. It's not going to happen. But we have to continue on until Yahshua closes this age out. And that's when we then will be uh, adorned and glorified in Yahshua the Messiah because we are the sons of Yahweh. Now, let's go back over for a minute, please, to Ephesians. Twelve. Ephesians one twelve. Okay. That go we ahead. Should, that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Yahshua, in now whom listen. He also. Listen. This is what I wanted to get to. Now it says that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in the Messiah. Now read thirteen. In whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Stop right there. Now people think, here's what some people think. They think that once you come to class and you hear the gospel spoken, that's when you then will be, as it were, trusting, uh, where he says, in whom also you trusted. But I want to talk about that term heard. That's what I'm trying to key in on here since uh, uh, Sharon brought it up. After that, you heard the word of truth. Now, that is not a reference to you having the physical experience of sound waves bouncing off your eardrum. And therefore, you say, well, I heard the gospel preached tonight, and that's what it's about because my tympanic membranes were operating and they were working. The word heard is not used for the physical sense of hearing. What it's talking about, the word heard is used in the scriptures to mean to understand. Right. Now what listen, listen, back in your 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 uh 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 prophets there, you'll read over in Isaiah where it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Now, when he said that, he doesn't mean whoever has one of those two lobes hanging on each side of their head that we call our ear lobes or our ears. He's not talking about people that have the physical ear on the side of their head. When he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. He's talking about those that have been given the ability by the, by the Holy Spirit to hear the truth. Let them understand. Now, I want to take you for a minute to, uh, to Matthew, the 13th chapter. And I want to drive this point home because this is important for us to understand when we read these things, to properly understand what he's talking about when he said, after we heard the word of the gospel of our salvation. He's talking about once you understand it. Now, in 13 of Matthew, with the sower of seeds, I want to go over there. To, they asked him a question. Uh, start at, at 10. 10? Yes. Yep. Matthew 13, 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Now, here they asked Yahshua, this is before Pentecost, 
The disciples do not have the Holy Spirit yet, and frankly, even they don't understand the reality of those parables. So they ask, why do you speak to them in parables? Read. He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but mm -hmm. to them it is not given. Now, wait a minute. In order to know them, we read tonight who has made us, uh, we read in Ephesians there, that has made us to understand the mystery of his will. Now, listen, that has to be given to you. When he says to them it is not given, meaning Yahweh did not purpose for them to receive it to understand it. It's not something you acquire. It's something that's given to you. Do you understand that? There's a big difference here. Now, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care what your IQ is, how much college you have, how much learning you have. You think with your intellectual ability, you can ascertain what is being taught in class and that would constitute into you then having the Holy Spirit. No, not that's not just not the way it's going to be. It's got to be given to you. Now, our founder never went past the sixth grade in common elementary school. And he used to say this. He said that, I'm the champion of the idiots. If I could understand this, anybody ought to be able to understand it. And he wasn't saying that. He was dead serious when he said it. And then he went on to say, I never had a right thought in my life, and neither of you. Now, our problem that we have to get overcome is thinking we can do this of ourselves, that we can understand these things. We can use our mental abilities, our, our uh, 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 intellectual uh, capabilities. Well, you're wrong about that. Everything comes by way of revelation, ladies and gentlemen. Unless it's revealed by the Holy Spirit, you will never truly understand or comprehend the reality of these spiritual things that are being preached through the gospel. And Yahshua's saying here, to them it's not given, but to you it is. Keep reading. Well, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even what he hath. Read. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing, see not. In and other hearing, words, they have eyes, but they don't really see. They don't really understand, in other words. Seeing and hearing both gender to you having an understanding. See what I mean? Now, I don't mean by that, do you physically see something coming out of my mouth? I'm talking about, do you understand? And listen, he said, seeing they see not. Read. And hearing they hear not. And even Neither. though their ears work just fine, they can't hear, they can't hear the master's voice. Now, why is that? Yahshua said, my sheep hear my voice. Now, unless you are one of his sheep, and how do you become his sheep? Well, how did the, the shepherd, how did the sheep become a, a, a possession of the shepherd? The shepherd chose those sheep. And when he speaks, the sheep then follow their master or their shepherd. And Yahshua said this, the time will come 
when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of Man and shall live. Now we know that this gospel has been preached to literally thousands of people. Thousands. Maybe even millions, I don't know, going out the way it is now. But I want you to know this. Not everybody hears it. Not everybody hears a voice from heaven. Not everyone hears the sound of Yahshua the Messiah speaking through a vessel. And that is important for you to recognize that it has to be given to you, not taken. You don't take this teaching. It has to be given to you. Keep reading. Because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And that's the problem. They don't understand. Without understanding, they're not hearing and they're not seeing. Read. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. And Listen, seeing, he's talking about you'll hear it, but you won't understand it. Read. And seeing, you shall see and shall not perceive. And seeing, you will see, but you won't perceive. Perceive also means to see or to understand, by the way. If you look up the word perceive, read. For this people's heart is become, is wax gross. And That's the problem. The problem is the heart, ladies and gentlemen, not the intellect. You have enough intelligence to comprehend this gospel. What you might not have and what you're going to need, and I don't mean you now, I'm talking about mankind. I'm sorry, I don't mean to direct this towards uh, the brethren here, but I want you to know this, that what is lacking when somebody comes into class, here's the gospel preached, here's the same thing that you do, but doesn't hear it, is because they have a heart that is waxed gross. The heart is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Now, don't you know that when Yahweh designed the heart, the physical heart, you have two sections of your heart that are called the oracles. Two oracles. And you have two ventricles. The word oracle means heart, little heart. It's a heart or an ear. Excuse me. It's an ear. I meant to say it's two ears. And you have the two ventricles, which mean little bellies. So you've got two ears in your heart, the right and left oracle, and you have two bellies. Why? He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So the oracles are ears that are put in the heart. Now, if you can imagine this just for a minute, if you could take one of your ears off one side of your head and the other ear off the other side of the head and look at the shape of the ear facing you, you would see a half a heart. Each ear looks like a half a heart in shape. When you put the two ears together, it forms a full heart. Now, the problem why your heart is broken is because your head's in the middle. And you need the Holy Spirit to cause you to have a heart that can love the truth. And he does that by revealing the truth to you. The revelation of the truth is what converts the heart. The revelation causes you to believe. The revelation causes you to see. The revelation causes you to become a prisoner of Yahshua the Messiah, which paradoxically 
is what is makes you free. To be a prisoner of Yahshua makes you free. Now I know that sounds, I know that sounds like a contradiction, but it is not when you understand both aspects of what it means to be a prisoner and how you are made free, which I don't have time to go into tonight. But what I want you to see is this hearing, this hearing is not done by your physical being, so to speak, or your physical capabilities. It's got to be given to you. It's got to be the Holy Spirit for you to believe. And yes, you do have to believe in this gospel. And yes, you do have to have faith in Yahweh. And yes, you do have to love the truth. But that's going to require the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you and give you the heart to accept it. Now, I want to show you something else. Hold that scripture. Go over to John, the 14th chapter. And I want you to pick up in the 14th chapter where he said uh, that he's going to send them the, uh, 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 the spirit of truth. John 14, I'll pick it up in 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Even the, the spirit of truth. Read, Deb. Deb. Whom the world cannot receive. Now, the world can't receive the spirit of truth. Wait a minute. What happened on the day of Pentecost is the apostles received that spirit of truth, which was the comforter, which was the Holy Spirit. And yet, Yahshua tells them the world can't receive that. And then in the 17th chapter of John, this is what Yahshua said. He said that, I have kept all that thou hast given me. He said, and he is giving eternal life to as many as the Father hath given him. Then he says, I pray for them, I pray not for the world. The, the truth, the spirit of truth is not given to the world. It's given to those that were chosen in Yahshua from the beginning. And with that spirit of truth, that spirit of truth brings you the heart that is talked about in Ezekiel, that I'll give you a new heart, even uh, uh, you know, a tender heart, and take away the stony heart. What's happening is that carnal, there's a circumcision going on of your heart. You're having the flesh, all that carnality removed from your soul, from your heart, and your heart then is going to be receptive to the true gospel because it's the spirit of truth that has now entered into you and caused you to believe it, to love it, to cherish it, to be dedicated to it. That's what's happening when he opens up your understanding in your, hear, in your hearing. And I keep thinking about Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, walking down the road to Damascus, with evil intentions in his heart to kill more of these followers of Yahshua the Messiah. Not one good thought in his mind, not one good intent in his heart, gets struck down on the ground, caught up into eternity, where Yahshua then opens up to him the gospel of salvation and reveals it to him. And here Paul was converted he was changed. He would never no more be the same. He was made free from the bondage of captivity of darkness. And Yahshua commissioned him in Acts, the 26th chapter, to go to those Gentiles 
and deliver them from the power of darkness. You can read it yourself. Now, Yahshua had to give him that spirit, that heart, to cause him to have that belief and to cause him to uh, leave and completely uh, uh, relinquish all uh, ties to his former thoughts and drives. And as he says in Philippians, if anybody could brag, he said, it's me. He said, I'm of the, tri uh, the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He said, a Pharisee touching the righteousness which is in the law. That's what he was before he had the vision. He said, and now I count it all as dung for the excellency of Yahshua the Messiah, knowing that he was nothing, even though he thought he was something special, when he had those characteristics that he could boast in, he came to the realization that none of that had any ability to cause him to be in line to receive the Holy Spirit. He realized that all of it was wrong and that Yahshua saved him despite his ignorance, despite what he was doing in, in his darkness and called him out of that darkness and he did nothing to deserve it. And once Yahshua opened it up to him and he understood now the scriptures for the first time, those, that Bible, that Torah, the law and the prophets that he read from a child didn't read the same to him. He was now converted, ladies and gentlemen, through that revelation that was given to him, and he had nothing in his heart but true belief in the gospel of salvation that was even preached to him by uh, 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 Stephen in the seventh chapter of Acts that he had commissioned them to stone him after he was done preaching. All those words that Stephen spoke were from the Holy Spirit, and yet Paul did not hear and understand not one of them until Yahshua gave him a revelation. You cannot do anything of yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody asked somebody, how do, how, what can I do to receive the Holy Spirit? There's nothing you can do to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be given to you as a gift. It's a gift from Yahweh. And when you come to class and sit up under the preaching of this true gospel, if you be chosen from the beginning, you will receive an understanding and a revelation of that which is preached that will change you forevermore, and you'll never no more be the same. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that hearing is more than just sitting under sound. It's more than just intellectual ability to see a correlation. It's more than you being able to get up and repeat because you have a good memory what you heard. There has to be an impact in the core of your soul. It has to humble you. It has to cause you to love your creator. It has to cause you to be committed to the gospel of salvation and the saving of souls. And that is the servitude that Paul said, he said, listen, he said, I beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation for which you are called. He said, present your body a living sacrifice, for it is your reasonable service. For what Yahshua has given us, eternal life, a glorious, uh, uh, the glory that will outshine the noonday sun at the close of this age if we believe 
and we will believe in that promise if we have that spirit of Yahshua in us. The little that we suffer in this life cannot be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in all of us. You'll realize that what you're go ever you're going through now, whatever you have to suffer, is not payment enough for you serving Yahshua in this gospel for what you'll receive. And you're going to have to know that right in the core of your soul. And you're going to have to love the brethren. Because if you don't love the brethren, then you don't love Yahweh. Because Yahweh, when Yahshua was asked, what was the greatest of all the commandments? He said, the first is that you love Yahweh with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. And listen to this. You can't love Yahweh unless you know him. You can't truly love somebody that you don't know. And that's why the job of the son, Yahshua, is to reveal his father, Yahweh, to all of us. Yahweh didn't formulate this purpose so that he could be just an honorable mention. He formulated the purpose, and this is exactly what Dr. Kinley told us, that he might make himself known to his creatures and that we might love him. And when he gave the commandment in while he while Yahweh was in Yahshua the Messiah, commanding them to love one another as I have loved you. We love the brethren because we love Yahweh and he commanded us to love one another. And we will keep those commandments. These are the commandments now of the new covenant. We're no longer under the commandments under the old covenant. We're under the commandments of the new covenant. And Yahshua commanded them to love one another, and he commanded them to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the knowledge of Yahweh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the commandments of the new covenant, and the Holy Spirit in you will perform those things. And I'm telling you, it's just a wonderful thing for you to recognize after you sit in this class and hear all these uh, foundational things that we were taught, we think, well, I got that. I, and some people have thought, well, gee, I got that now. I don't need to go down the class anymore. Listen, when Yahshua starts unfolding within the very foundation we were all taught, levels of spiritual reality that we never saw before, I guarantee you, you will never grow tired of hearing this foundation and you'll understand why it has to be repeated. We also have not yet gleaned all the knowledge and wisdom that Yahweh has put and manifested in his story coming, start, coming down through the ages and dispensations to where we are tonight. And I want five you to minutes, know, I have five minutes, thank you. I want you to go back here so I can summarize in, in Ephesians, the first chapter, again. And I want you, we, we stopped at 13, and I want to say this. I'm going to read it. In whom you also trusted. Trust means to have faith. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You can't trust him till after you hear it. Or in other words, till after you understand it. And you can't understand unless he reveals it to you or gives it to you. Now, in whom also after that you believed. In other words, once you hear it, once you understand it, you also are going to believe it. It's just an automatic uh, 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 result of a revelation. And ye were then sealed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. 
So I want you to know this all happens simultaneously once a revelation is imparted to you. You're going to trust him, you're going to believe him, and you're sealed in the Holy Spirit. And you become a servant of Yahshua, and you become a prisoner. As Paul said, I, the prisoner of Yahshua the Messiah, beseech you that you walk worthy. So I want to say in conclusion that there is layers of understanding that go underneath these words that we read in the Bible. We cannot always take and think that that word is talking about what we understood at face value through our experiences back in our former lives out in the flesh. We hear the word hearing and we think, well, gee, I got pretty good hearing. We hear, uh, you know, understanding and we think, well, yeah, I'm a pretty good learner. Uh, I was great in school. I got good grades. None of that is what is, we're talking about here. We're talking about a spiritual revelation opening up this mystery of his will to you. I hope that something I said resonated in your heart. I hope that it makes you recognize the gift that's been given to you and the value of what you've been received down in this class, because the world's not going to get it, ladies and gentlemen. We don't know who Yahweh has out there that is going to receive this, and that's why our job is to continue preaching the gospel till the last soul is quickened and becomes a part of that their place of part of that in their place of the body of Yahshua the Messiah. That's what's going to end this age and close it out. So with that, hallelujah, peace in Yahshua, and thank you for the opportunity. I'll turn it back to the moderator. Thank you very much, Dr. Volpe. That concludes our class for this evening. We'll meet again when next Wednesday evening at seven o'clock on Zoom. We'll also be in uh, class on this Saturday night at seven o'clock in Mattydale. Now for the doxology. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Yahshua, our Savior, along glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and for all times, so I'll say, Amen. hallelujah. Hallelujah.